to episode 158 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, and I am flying solo for this episode in which I will be breaking down and analyzing the impact of the coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak on Marvel Studios and the MCU. Black Widow has been delayed indefinitely. Production has been suspended on all Marvel Studios films and series currently undergoing principal photography. Those include Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and Loki. Now, before I go any further, I want to make one thing perfectly clear. None of what I'm going to talk about today are among the primary concerns regarding the COVID-19 outbreak. What matters most is that people are suffering and lives are being lost and the efforts to prevent as many people as possible from getting sick and losing their lives. And beyond those being exposed to COVID-19, there are still people suffering in numerous ways, including the loss of their livelihood. The human cost is always the greatest, but we are, for the time being, also losing our way of life in many respects, losing the things that bring us joy. For me and many, if not all of you, being Marvel fans and watching Marvel Studios stories are among our biggest sources of joy. We were looking forward to Black Widow, so of course it's disappointing to see it being postponed, even if we agree with the necessity of that postponement and recognize that it's far from the biggest problem out there right now. And this is a Marvel Studios-themed podcast. We are Marvel Studios News, and we cover Marvel Studios News, so we will continue to focus on the subjects that you expect us to discuss on this podcast. Now, before I get into all of these different stories, because there's plenty of negative news for me to break down on this episode, I want to spend a little bit of time to let you know about some fun that we are going to try and have while many of us have had our lives put on hold. Many of us are stuck at home right now. Maybe we get a break to go to work, but then we're right back at home, and it's necessary that we do that with social distancing, but it can still be a very difficult experience. And I think the best way or among the best ways for us to get through this type of experience is if we try and do it together. And so I want to host some community-based events. We do watch parties on our Patreon-exclusive Discord. We had a few this past weekend. We did a double feature for Infinity War and Endgame on Saturday. That wasn't planned, although it wasn't planned for very long. We decided to do it on Friday. That double feature watch party was actually open to everyone following us on Instagram as well. I was doing live video and answering questions during that watch party. And then we had a Patreon exclusive watch party as originally planned on Sunday evening for Avengers Age of Ultron. But we're going to do more watch parties and it's still going to be available for our patrons on the Patreon. We have a voice chat channel on our Patreon exclusive Discord server. That's still open and available to people if you want to sign up at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. But what I'm also going to do is even for people who don't sign up for the Patreon, I want to offer ways for you to be able to participate in some watch parties for the time being. And the next one that we're going to have is this coming Friday, March 20th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to be watching Thor Ragnarok. So you can sign up for the Patreon and get on the Discord to be part of the voice chat if you want to, but you also have the option to just watch along on Instagram. So if you follow us on Instagram, at Marvel Studios News, we're going to go live multiple times throughout the watch party. I can't stay the whole time because there's an hour limit on Instagram live video, so I have to stop down for a bit and then jump back on. But I'm still going to be there, so you can see me live. I apologize for that part of it. But if you want to ask me questions or throw out a discussion prompt, you can do that. Just type it in and I may be able to answer your question to the best of my ability anyway 
during the watch party. And you'll also hear me chatting with some of the people who are part of the voice chat on our Discord server. And in addition to watch parties, I'm going to be hosting some Instagram live Q&A sessions. And one of those is actually coming up today on the day that this podcast is published. I'm publishing this podcast on the morning of March 18th. And so that late afternoon slash evening, depending on where you are, on Wednesday, March 18th at 5 p.m. Pacific time, I will be live on Instagram answering your questions. And if you missed that one, don't worry. I'm going to do the whole thing over again, although different questions, preferably. Uh, I'm going to do another live Q&A session on Thursday, March 19th at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So Thor Ragnarok, Friday, March 20th, 6 p.m. Pacific, Instagram live Q&A sessions, Wednesday, March 18th, and and Thursday, March 19th, both of those at 5 p.m. Pacific. There will be more watch parties and Q&A sessions coming soon. And sometimes there will be ones that are impromptu that aren't necessarily pre-planned. So make sure you're following along in the places you can socially so I can let you know when those things are happening at Marvel Studios News on Instagram, at Marvel Newscast on Twitter. Now let's go ahead and let's get into the news that we've had. And let's start with Black Widow, which today, on the day of this recording anyway, we found out Black Widow has been delayed indefinitely. It has been dropped or pulled from its May 1st release date by Disney. No new date has been announced, but this is actually common now for Disney as they've been pulling movies from their release dates. They haven't immediately been announcing new dates for the films, and I think that's because they don't know when they're going to be able to release these films. The same thing happened with Mulan, which was pulled from its release last week. Disney made that decision, and still we don't have a new release date for that film, and so it's probably going to be a while before we know when Black Widow is actually going to hit theaters, and I do have some thoughts on that. But it's tough to really figure out when that's going to be or when that even can be because theaters are closed right now. I mean, theaters have been closed in a lot of territories for several weeks, and now domestically, the major chains are shutting down. So there's really no place for these movies to come out in. And it's not just about theaters being open. That's not the only concern. That's the first step is that theaters have to be open again. The next part of that is people have to feel comfortable going to theaters again because people right now, of course, are very worried about getting sick. They don't want to be exposed to COVID-19, and there's still going to be some hesitation. I think that's to be expected. Whenever theaters open back up, whether that's six weeks from now or 12 weeks from now, whenever it is, and we don't know when that's going to be, there will probably be some hesitation. There might be some people who can't wait to get back to the theater And I can certainly understand that perspective, but there are also going to be plenty of people who will hesitate. And so I think what you want to do if you're a studio with a big budget movie like Black Widow, you want to wait until not only are theaters going to be open and available to you, but you also want to make sure that people are more comfortable getting back to their normal routine of going to the theater to see movies. So now in looking at the options for Black Widow, All of this is, of course, contingent upon when theaters are going to be open and when people are going to feel comfortable going to the theater. So let's just look at it. I think we can pretty much eliminate the rest of May. I know Disney has a release date at the end of that month for Artemis Fowl. I think they're eventually going to have to pull that film from its release date. And I don't think you can just put Black Widow at the end of May. I think it's too soon. um, And it's really not enough of a move back from May 1st. I think May is pretty much out. And I think June is also pretty much out. Best case scenario for Disney is they could probably still release Soul, their Pixar film, in June, but that seems less and less likely by the day. So May and June, I'm pretty much eliminating right now, unless the situation improves dramatically 
uh, in a way that we just don't expect right now. So in looking at July, and this may still be too early, but let's just go ahead and look at July and what that landscape looks like at the box office as of now. July 3rd, Disney has a movie on that date. It's from 20th Century Studios, Free Guy starring Ryan Reynolds. That's one they could move. They could move Free Guy and put Black Widow in that spot if they want to give it the 4th of July weekend, if everything, if the situation allows for that to happen and make that, and actually make that a viable date to release Black Widow, that could potentially be an option. The only concern there is there is a Minions Rise of Gru movie, which could take some family ticket sales away from a movie like Black Widow. So it is a concern, but I think no matter what, every studio is going to have to be somewhat comfortable with there being a little more competition around their big budget releases because so many films have been delayed that a lot of them are going to be jam-packed by the time studios can actually start releasing them again. So July 3rd is a potential option. July 24th is the next one on the calendar that I sort of like. That would mean moving Jungle Cruise, which Disney currently has set on that release date. It is just one week after Christopher Nolan's Tenet, so maybe like a little more space between Black Widow and that film, which is where maybe you might start to look at something like July 31st. I think that still means moving Jungle Cruise because you don't want two of your big movies from Disney's perspective, since they would have Black Widow and Jungle Cruise. I don't think you want those two movies right on top of each other just a week apart. I think you would want to space them out. So it would still mean moving Jungle Cruise. But if Disney is good with that, then the other concern with July 31st is that that is the release date for Morbius. Now, Black Widow has nothing to fear from Morbius at the box office at the same time, though. That could be something that Disney may not want to do because maybe Sony doesn't like that so much. And since Disney and Sony are still partners right now on the Spider-Man franchise, maybe you don't want to jeopardize that relationship. So maybe you want to allow Morbius to have its weekend unless you have the conversation with Sony and everybody's all good. The next option, and I think this is where we're starting to get into more likely territory for Black Widow is going deeper and deeper into summer. You look at August 7th, first weekend in August. That was okay for Guardians of the Galaxy back in 2014. It is right on top of Morbius if that film keeps its release date. So again, you might have to worry about ruffling feathers with Sony. But if you want to give them a little extra space, you can by moving to August 14th or just deeper into August. And if August isn't viable for whatever reason, then September looks to be wide open for a big-budget blockbuster like Black Widow. September isn't really known as a space for blockbusters, but the It films have done very well there in recent years. And of course, we're going to be looking at a very different box office landscape out of necessity going forward, so September seems like it would be an option. But where will other movies land? That's another thing to consider here. Right now, we don't see studios trying to grab up a bunch of release dates in the second half or in late summer and then into the fall of 2020. We don't really see studios doing that right now because nobody knows if those dates are really viable. Nobody knows how the situation is going to evolve from here, but that is another consideration. Once studios start feeling better about putting these films back on the calendar, then it could be a grab for all of these dates. There could be a rush on these dates that are still available in the latter two quarters of the year. But there are other things to consider here. I'm going to talk in a moment about production suspensions. And what if those movies that have their production suspended right now, what if that's going to go on for too long and they're not going to make their release dates? If that's the case, and I will talk in more detail about this later, but if that's the case, then maybe it does make sense for Black Widow to move to November of this year, take the Eternals spot, and then have Eternals slide into February, or leave Eternals where it is, 
and move Black Widow to February of next year if the order doesn't matter, although it's Marvel Studios, it's the MCU, and so it might. And one of the essential questions there is whether or not Black Widow needs to come out before the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So that's where we're at with Black Widow, which is to say we don't know exactly where we're at. We don't know exactly what Disney's options are going to be, but those are at least some of the potential options and the considerations uh, that Disney is going to be thinking about in the weeks and months ahead. And in just a moment, I'll go ahead and start talking about the productions that have been suspended by Disney and Marvel Studios. So right now, we have a few Marvel Studios productions that have been suspended. The first one that we found out about was actually The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They were shooting in Prague, or they were going to shoot in Prague, and they had to shut down and move production back to Atlanta, but now production, even in Atlanta, has been halted indefinitely. They previously actually lost another location prior to Prague. They lost Prague over concerns of the coronavirus outbreak, but remember that they were also going to have some production in Puerto Rico, and they weren't able to do that because of the earthquakes there. So Prague was already a location change for this portion of the filming for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now they've lost that. So presumably what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to rewrite it. Whatever was going to take place in Prague can't, and so now they'll have to figure something out. Can they fake Prague and Atlanta and keep everything the same, or are they going to have to make adjustments to the scripts? Those are questions that we don't know the answers to, but the writers have time to find whatever solutions they need because writers are working remotely right now. So there's still work happening on these shows, but actual filming is not going to resume for at least a couple of weeks and potentially longer. So when we're looking at The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, is this series still going to premiere on Disney Plus in August of this year? Well, it could. The answer to that question obviously depends on how long production is going to be suspended. But if there's one encouraging thing to consider here, it's that television series and streaming series often shoot in sequence. Not all the time, but they often do, and much more so than movies do. And so for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we don't know what episodes have been impacted by this shutdown. But what if it's only the last episode of the show or the last two episodes of the show? Well, then it still might be able to premiere on time in August of this year. And we were never told when in August. So maybe there is a slight delay from early August to late August, but we're none the wiser because we never knew which day in August it was supposed to come out anyway. But maybe it can still premiere in August and they will have time to finish whatever episode or episodes need to be finished. They'll still have time to do that so that the premiere date for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier won't be impacted or won't be impacted so severely that we're really going to notice. If production remains suspended for several weeks, however, and the scenes that still need to be filmed are perhaps from the early or mid-season episodes, not necessarily the last episode or two, then maybe The Falcon and the Winter Soldier gets delayed and maybe it doesn't premiere on Disney Plus until September or October, again, pending the length of the production suspension. But another thing to consider here, of course, is whether or not this series needs to come out after Black Widow. Is there something in this series that would spoil Black Widow, for example? But I'm going to get into those considerations later on. But the Falcon and Winter Soldier, it may not necessarily be that severe of an impact as far as this suspension. And I would put WandaVision in a similar boat there. They are almost done, or they were almost done with production on WandaVision. They even had the rap party. Now, rap parties, as I said when we talked about that on the podcast before, they don't always happen at the literal end of principal photography, which means they've shot the last shot, 
everything is done. Sometimes wrap parties happen as you're winding down. So there's still apparently a little bit that needs to be done on WandaVision, but it doesn't sound like it would be a lot since they already did have the wrap party. They were close enough to have the wrap party. So it should still be able to make its December 2020 premiere date on Disney Plus unless we see a larger reshuffling of the entire MCU Phase 4 schedule. Now, Loki is a different situation than the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in WandaVision because Loki is right in the middle of production. So that series having its production suspended, it's not like there's just another week or two to finish up. They're right in the thick of it, and now they've had to stop. But as far as its premiere date, we don't really have a specific premiere date for Loki, so it might be impacted in a way that we don't totally realize because it has a pretty broad release window right now of spring 2021. We don't even have a specific month, so it's not like we even know when it was intended to come out, so it's hard for us to know just how much it's going to be impacted. But looking at the big screen, this is where we could see some additional delays, and I don't say that to cause worry or concern, just acknowledging the reality of the situation So Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is in production or was in production. That has been suspended. We found out about this last week because director Destin Daniel Cretton was being tested for COVID-19. His test came back negative, and we're happy to hear that he's healthy and doing well. But because all productions have been suspended, that means Shang-Chi is still suspended indefinitely. Its release date is February 12th of next year. They've already been shooting for a little while. Now, whether or not they can make that February 12th, 2021 release date depends on how soon they can get back to production. And we don't know when that's going to be. There's really no way of telling right at this moment whether or not Shang-Chi is going to be able to resume production in time for that February 12th, 2021 release date. But if it can't, then there's other solutions as far as sliding back certain projects like Black Widow and or Eternals. Another big screen production from Marvel Studios hasn't actually started yet, but it's scheduled to start soon, although it may likely miss its production start date. That's Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is scheduled for release on May 7th of 2021. Production is going to begin or was scheduled to begin in May of this year. The start of production could potentially be delayed. We already know that Sam Raimi replaced Scott Derrickson as the director of this film earlier this year. They've been in pre-production. And I don't know how much work they're able to actually do on pre-production right now anyway. So even if they're suspending pre-production or some pre-production, that in and of itself could delay the start of production. But also, if all Disney and Marvel Studios productions remain suspended by May of this year, then that means Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is not going to start on time. And depending on the length of that delay, that could impact that film's ability to come out on May 7th of 2021. And Spider-Man 3 is in a similar set of circumstances as Shang-Chi and Doctor Strange. The release date for that film is July 16th of 2021. So pre-production would have begun in earnest within the next month or two. And there's probably going to be some delays there, which could delay the start of production, which could ultimately delay the film. Too early to tell right at this moment. But there are other projects that are supposed to start production at some time this year. Thor Love and Thunder is supposed to start production in August of this year for a November 5th, 2021 release date. Now, there is a little bit of a window there because Marvel movies quite often start production about a year, anywhere from 12 to 15 months before they're going to hit theaters. And that was going to be the case for Thor Love and Thunder. So maybe there's enough wiggle room there that even if production is delayed by a few weeks or the start of production is delayed by a few weeks and it's August. So hopefully not. Hopefully an August production is not going to be significantly impacted. But if it's delayed by only a few weeks, 
then it could probably still make its November 5th, 2020 release date unless a lot of things are reshuffling and sliding back. Heading back to Disney Plus on the small screen, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight are all believed to be starting production at different points this year. The writers' rooms on those series are working remotely right now, but that only gets you so far. And so it's too early to tell what the impact on these series is going to be because we don't know exactly when they were supposed to start production. Anything that had a production start date that was farther out is probably okay. The series that were going to be starting production either in this spring or summer, those could be impacted. But again, in the case of all of those series like Loki, we don't have specific release dates for Hawkeye. We have fall of 2021. For Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, and Moon Knight, we don't have anything at all as far as when we're, at least not officially from Marvel Studios, as far as when we are supposed to expect those series on Disney+. Plus. So even if there's a significant delay in the case of any of those series, we're probably not really going to know about it. So that's where everything stands right now in terms of production and even a little bit of pre-production. But there's another part of this, right? Another part of the making of all of these things is post-production. So how is that going to be impacted by COVID-19? So in the case of Black Widow, it should be okay because Black Widow should be almost done. So whenever they have a new release date for Black Widow, they'll be able to get it ready and get the film finished in time because usually Disney and Marvel Studios, they start screening Marvel movies. Infinity War and Endgame were exceptions because they didn't want to risk any spoilers getting out there. But typically for Marvel movies, they screened fairly early, two to three weeks early for press, at least for some press. And so Black Widow would have been screening by early to mid-April, which means that director Kate Shortland would have been turning in the film right about now, if not within the next couple of weeks. So Black Widow, as far as post-production goes, I don't think there's going to be a significant impact there. The Eternals wrapped production earlier this year, and so now it's in post. What's the impact on that film? Right now, we don't know. We know that a lot of people are still going to work, and I don't know what the personnel setup is at every studio and every VFX house, because for a movie like The Eternals, we're not just talking about Disney and Marvel Studios, we're talking about their visual effects vendors. I don't know exactly what that situation is. So if the post-production houses, the VFX houses are still open and editors are still able to come in and go to work at the studio and you still have the executives like Kevin Feige who need to be there to give notes or if they can do that remotely, if they can watch cuts and look at updates and give uh, whatever feedback they need to remotely, they might be able to manage post-production with minimal impact. And even in a worst case scenario, if you really had to, I guess you could transport whatever equipment you needed to from an edit bay to an editor's house and let them work from home in isolation with the director, that could potentially happen if it's absolutely necessary. So I don't think that post-production is going to be impacted as severely as perhaps production will be. So I think for projects like Black Widow, The Eternals, or also The Falcon, The Winter Soldier, and WandaVision that probably already have post-production underway as they're finishing up production, I think the post-production impacts will be minimal, but I can't say that for sure. So in looking at all of this now, Black Widow being delayed, productions being suspended, potential delays in post-production, although I don't know that that's going to be as severe, could we be looking at a larger shakeup in the schedule for Marvel Studios for Phase 4? Yes, but we don't really know what exactly that would entail all we know for sure, as far as the structure of these things, because this is where Marvel Studios is very unique. For a lot of other projects that are out there, they can just come out whenever. Take Wonder Woman 84. 
for example. Even though that's a superhero film and kind of sort of part of a superhero universe, there's not really as much connective tissue between DC films these days, and so there's not really the need for Wonder Woman 84 to come out before another DC film that's on the schedule for later this year. That's not an issue for something like Christopher Nolan's Tenant. That's a non-issue. Or something like Disney Pixar's Soul. That movie doesn't have to come out before or after anything else. There's no real sequence to it, but there is for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that is where Marvel Studios could be uniquely impacted relative to all the other impacts. There are some things that are going to impact Disney and Marvel Studios that are hitting everyone in the entertainment industry, but there are some other elements, some other factors that are unique to Marvel Studios, unique to the MCU, and we don't know how the pieces of the puzzle fit. The only thing we really know for sure, because Kevin Feige has told us, is that WandaVision and Loki tie into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, so presumably they need to come out before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's a little bit of the sequence that has to be in a certain order as far as we know. But what about Black Widow? I talked about the idea of moving Black Widow, if it was necessary, moving Black Widow to November and then sliding Eternals back. But what if you just wanted to keep Eternals in November and move Black Widow to February to maybe replace Shang-Chi if the production delay on that film prevents it from making its February 12, 2021 release date, could that be an option to just use Black Widow to fill that spot and leave Eternals where it is? Well, it might be, but the answer to that question really depends on what actually happens in Black Widow and how does it tie into the future of the MCU? Not if it ties into the future of the MCU, but how, because Kevin Feige has already said it impacts the future of the MCU. We just don't know in what way it's going to impact the future of the MCU. The main story is set between Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. That much we know, and so being set in the past makes it seem like the kind of thing that could be a free agent. You could drop that movie anywhere in the calendar, and nothing else would really be impacted, but that's not necessarily true, given that Kevin Feige has said it impacts the future, and maybe the way it impacts the future is something that happens in Black Widow ties directly into the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for example, just speculating as maybe something that, that could be the case. And if that's true, then do we need to make sure, or does Marvel Studios and Disney, do they need to make sure that Black Widow is available for us to see before we watch The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or The Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to spoil something for us in Black Widow? And maybe if it's a small thing, then it's something that we all just accept and live with under the circumstances, that this is just the way it went down. But if we're looking at something where Black Widow has a larger impact on the future of the MCU and a specific MCU project, that's where more aggressive reshuffling might be necessary. Although, or maybe not even so much reshuffling as just sliding everything back, but things may have to slide back a bit anyway, because if you have productions that get delayed to the point that movies aren't going to make their release dates, well, you want to try, if you can, and fill those dates with other films. And if Black Widow has to be delayed anyway, then sure, go ahead and move it to November and slide Eternals into February. Or, again, if it's possible, if it doesn't impact things creatively or doesn't have too severe of an impact creatively, leave Eternals where it is and maybe Black Widow goes to February or whatever date that Disney and Marvel Studios need covered. But the other thing they can do is they don't have to keep all of their release dates exactly the same. If they need to abandon certain weekends or whatever in order to accommodate some new schedule for how all of this is going to work and how all of it can actually get done on time, 
then they will certainly exercise those options as well if it comes to it. But we're just stuck here really not knowing what the full impact is going to be because we don't know the spoilers of these stories. We don't know how they link up creatively. The only real sequence that we have some idea of is that WandaVision and Loki connect or tie directly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and therefore those series need to come out before Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We don't know what Black Widow has to come out in front of if it has to come out in front of everything, in front of anything. We don't know the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Does that have to come out in front of WandaVision, or could WandaVision move up and then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier move back if WandaVision is going to be done in time? We don't know the answers to those questions and whether or not there's going to be any reshuffling. I would guess, though, that Disney and Marvel Studios would like to stick to their pre-planned schedule as much as they can. I don't think they're just going to blow the whole thing up. I certainly don't think they're going to, or I, I certainly think they would try to avoid at all costs having to completely reshuffle the creative, and I wouldn't want scheduling issues as a result of this to impact the storytelling of the MCU. Uh, I would really hope that's not the case, and I think Disney and Marvel Studios would probably try to avoid that. But there might be some things if they're in the case of Black Widow, because I really think it boils down to as far as the the impact of the schedule and what order things come out. I think that really boils down to Black Widow and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Does Black Widow have to come out in front of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or can it come out after? And if it can if it can come out after, then you have all kinds of flexibility if you're Disney and Marvel Studios. If it needs to come out before then your Black Widow delay could turn into a more significant delay for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, but hopefully that doesn't ultimately prove to be the case. And I'm going to go ahead and put a quick break in the show with an update. So something that I saw in Variety after I had recorded everything you heard before this and everything you're going to hear after this, Variety posted an article about the MCU and about these potential impacts, and in their story, Disney declined to comment, so they didn't get anything officially from Disney. But they did have a source who is close to Marvel Studios that says pushing Black Widow affects nothing on the MCU timeline, but Variety doesn't know if the reason it affects nothing is because that source anticipates that the movie's still going to be out before August, or if the film doesn't really play a significant factor on the future of Phase 4, or, as they joked, if the source has a Tesseract. So there is a source saying that Black Widow being pushed doesn't affect the MCU timeline. It's a source close to Marvel Studios, but not from Disney, not from Marvel Studios, and that source did not give Variety any sort of insight as to why Black Widow being pushed will not affect the MCU timeline, and perhaps if that will change, if Black Widow is pushed farther back into the calendar, then maybe this source might be anticipating. And I know as I'm talking about all of this, the question that is on many of your minds, because I've been asked this several times over the past few days, is streaming a solution? Is VOD a solution? The answer to that question is maybe, but I don't think Disney's that desperate yet. Universal is collapsing the theatrical window on some releases right now. They are taking The Invisible Man, which is still in theaters or was still in theaters while theaters were open, and they're going to go ahead and put that on VOD early. And some people are taking this as a sign that Disney will do something like that with Black Widow. But in the case of The Invisible Man and also Birds of Prey, Warner Brothers is releasing that movie on that movie on VOD early. They're going to be releasing that on March 24th. In the case of The Invisible Man and Birds of Prey, 
those movies were already out. You can't delay the release of those films. It already happened. And they just can't finish their theatrical run because theaters aren't open for them to finish their theatrical run. So the only Disney releases that compare there would be 20th Century Studios' The Call of the Wild and Disney Pixar's Onward. Those movies are already in theaters. They're not going to be able to finish their theatrical runs. So that's where Disney might decide to put those films on VOD or Disney Plus early. Although I don't know that they would just give away Onward on Disney Plus right now. Maybe they do. But Frozen 2, which I know some people are comparing, using that film as a comparison, it was already out on Blu-ray when Disney decided to drop that one early on Disney Plus this past weekend. So I don't know if that's going to immediately apply to a film like Onward, and I don't know that it would apply to something like Black Widow. Setting The Invisible Man and Birds of Prey aside, the better example of a potential precedent that's been set by Universal is Trolls World Tour. That animated film was scheduled to come out on April 10th, And even before or just before we found out all the theaters were going to be shut down anyway, Universal announced that they would release the movie digitally as a VOD rental. It'd be day and date on April 10th. And it is a 48-hour rental, not a purchase, at least not based on the announcement that I saw. Maybe that's going to be updated. But as far as what I saw, it was a 48-hour rental for $19.99. And so that could be something, that could be an option that other studios go for, but it's not necessarily the kind of thing that studios will adopt across the board. Even Universal didn't do it. Just look at one of their films with a much bigger budget, a blockbuster budget like Black Widow, Fast 9, that was scheduled to come out May 22nd of this year. That's not going to be out on VOD on May 22nd of this year. They delayed the theatrical release of that film by a year. It's now scheduled to come out in May of 2021. So even for Universal, just because they're doing this with Trolls World Tour doesn't mean this is the new standard operating procedure. And I think it's the type of thing that studios would want to avoid if they can. Now, they may reach a point of desperation depending on how long theaters remain closed. Theaters might remain closed for several months. We know for AMC, for example, They've said 6 to 12 weeks, but what if it's significantly longer than that? So if that becomes the reality that theaters are going to be closed for several months, then we might see more studios choosing the option of VOD. But I think there is some hesitation because once you open that door, audiences are going to want that option all the time, especially if you make that option available for as big and popular of a release as a Marvel Studios movie like Black Widow, and there are a lot of financial considerations for a movie like Black Widow, because if that movie doesn't have a theatrical run, that's a lot of money that has to be made up, or that's a lot of money that you have to try and offset somewhere else. You got to try and find that lost revenue in some other place, because for a Marvel Studios movie, I mean, even on the low end, for a movie like Ant-Man, which came out in 2015, it made $519 million worldwide. That's the lowest grossing Marvel Studios movie since Captain America the First Avenger made around, I think $377 million in 2011. But starting with the Avengers in 2012, that was $1.5 billion. There hasn't been a single Marvel Studios movie that's made less than half a billion dollars worldwide. Most of them have made more than $700 million worldwide in that time period. And so for a movie like Black Widow, 
starring Scarlett Johansson, a wildly popular character, Natasha Romanoff, in the MCU, and you have a lot of increased interest in that character. I know some people think that the movie may not do as well because it's a prequel or whatever. I think there's a lot of interest in that movie because I think the movie looks good, and I also think that a lot of people love the idea of going out and seeing a swan song for Black Widow, saying goodbye to this character just in case this is the last time we're going to see her in the foreseeable future. I think this movie would have done very well. I mean, minimum $600 million worldwide, but that wouldn't have been my box office prediction. Not that I'm in the business of making box office predictions, but I think for something like Black Widow, you're probably looking more likely at $700 million worldwide as the floor and a ceiling that goes over a billion dollars. So you're still talking about at least several hundred million dollars for Black Widow if it plays in theaters. And while it may not make as much money as it would have under normal circumstances. Perhaps whatever money Black Widow would have made on May 1st under normal conditions, that's never going to happen because we are not going to have normal conditions. Even when we start getting back to normal, it's going to be a new normal for quite a while. And so there might be a certain amount of money that Black Widow is just never going to see, even if it comes out in theaters even if it comes out within the next few months in theaters, or even if it comes out sometime later this year in theaters. So maybe the offset doesn't need to be quite as great, but it still needs to be hundreds of millions of dollars. And so as far as the idea of Disney just dropping it on Disney+, Plus, I don't think so, because if they just drop it on Disney+, Plus, well, those of us who already subscribe to Disney+, Plus, we don't move the needle, we don't offset the foregone box office revenue for Black Widow, it would only be the people who, the brand new subscribers to Disney Plus who subscribe to see Black Widow. And I don't know that that's going to be enough to offset the box office revenue, never mind the budget for the film, but also offset the lost revenue by not putting that movie in theaters, by not waiting and putting the movie out in theaters. So I don't think they'll just drop it for free on Disney Plus or include it in Disney Plus. What about the option of putting in some sort of premium feature on Disney Plus? I suppose that's something they could build into the Disney Plus platform, although they wouldn't necessarily need to because there are other VOD platforms available. They can sell the movie or just make it available for rent on Vudu, iTunes, wherever else. And the rental is something to consider here because when we're talking about making up for the box office revenue, I don't know that it's as simple as pay an extra $20 and you have access to Black Widow on Disney Plus forever, or even pay an extra $50. Well, if it's an extra 50 that everybody's paying, maybe the numbers actually might start to make sense, but I don't know. It would probably be a higher price than a lot of people would want to pay. I don't know that it's going to be as simple as we get to buy the movie for $20, because we're already going to be able to do that after the theatrical run. That's part of the home release, even before these movies hit Disney Plus even though eventually I think that home release window is going to be eliminated and movies are going to go straight from theaters to streaming platforms like Disney+. Plus, That's not where things are at right now. So what Disney's probably not going to want to do is completely forgo the theatrical revenue while only getting the home release window of people paying 20 bucks to own the movie. I think what you would more likely see is something similar to Universal, where you pay $20 to rent the movie for 48 hours. And while you could say $20, that seems like, that seems maybe too expensive. That's more than the price of a movie ticket. Well, let's keep in mind that if you live in a household of four people, 
you're only paying one $19.99 rental fee for the four people in your house to watch the movie. Whereas if you went to the movie theater, you would be buying four different, you would be buying four individual tickets. And where I'm at in LA, if you're buying four tickets to go see Black Widow, you are spending more than $19.99. And so that all of those revenue considerations have to go into it. Disney has to do the math and break down all of that before they make a determination as far as whether or not they can put these movies out on VOD for rental or for purchase. And if it's for rent, what price would it be? If it's for purchase, what price would it need to be? If it's a premium on top of Disney Plus, what price would that need to be in order for it to make financial sense for them to do that and to forego a theatrical run? Now, I do think that even though this is not what I believe Disney wants to do, I feel like everybody's better off being prepared. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if this is the type of thing where Disney and other studios are crunching the numbers on these options because they do not yet know when they are going to be able to release their films. And at some point, you want to have revenue coming into the business. For a company like Disney, for example, there's no parks revenue right now because the parks are closed. There's no box office revenue right now because the box office is closed. There's very little or there's reduced retail revenue right now because the stores are closed. The online platform is still open, but not a lot of people are looking to get shipments of Disney products right now. They're much more interested in deliveries for groceries than they are the latest Baby Yoda doll, although people probably still want their Baby Yoda dolls. But regardless, Disney is losing a lot of its revenue streams here. And so that is something that might compel them if theater revenue isn't going to come in anytime soon. If it's just a few months, they probably weather that storm. But if it's going to be longer than that, then maybe we see Disney making some moves toward VOD. And I don't know what shape that would take. I don't know if it would be a Disney Plus premium option, VOD rental, or just VOD purchase. You purchase it for this price, and then you just have it. I don't know exactly what that would be. My only guess, though, is that whatever form that takes it's probably more expensive than other movies because Disney movies are much more in demand. Marvel movies in particular, the most in-demand franchise that there is. And so I think Disney could probably charge more for Black Widow than Universal is charging for Trolls World Tour and customers would happily pay it. But I would just say for now that I think studios want to avoid that scenario for their biggest releases, their biggest blockbusters that cost them the most money to produce. I think they want to try and wait it out and see if they can get these movies in theaters, see if their theatrical runs would still be viable. But if it looks like that's not going to be the case for several more months, then VOD or some form of on-demand streaming becomes a much more attractive option. Okay, I think that about covers everything that we have going on right now. Everything is subject to change. You heard me say a lot of if this, well this, we'll see that. And that's all we have right now. All we can do is speculate because we don't really have a ton of information. We know what we're not getting right now. We know we're not getting Black Widow on May 1st. We know that we're not getting, although we're not, we wouldn't really be getting it anyway, but we know that production is not happening right now on a number of Marvel Studios projects. But what happens from here, what the full impact will be, we still won't know until we see some light at the end of the tunnel uh, for everything that's happening with everything being shut down. Once things start to open back up, then we can start to fill in that picture 
and see how everything looks from a Marvel Studios perspective, from an MCU fan perspective. We just don't have the answers to those questions right now. But I will have one more thing to speculate about on the Patreon credit scene. So if you're not familiar with our Patreon, uh, we have a Patreon that has exclusive audio podcasts that are not available anywhere else, as well as an exclusive Discord server, a Discord community, where we come together for watch parties and other conversations about Marvel, text chat, voice chat. Uh, that's available at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And the Patreon credit scenes is usually when we do an episode of the main podcast that you're hearing now, we discuss an additional topic. It might be related to what we discussed on the main show. It might be something completely different. This one is at least slightly related. This Patreon credit scene is going to be about the speculation, and it is just speculation right now, on the possibility of Apple potentially buying Disney as a result of everything that's happening right now. I will be talking about that on the Patreon credit scene, but we have tons of other exclusive audio available at different tiers. You can check them all out at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And if you sign up and you are getting exclusive audio, you do get your own private RSS feed that you can put in a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you get all of our podcasts, the main show, as well as the Patreon exclusive podcast. It's all in one feed. You don't have to track things down in multiple places. And speaking of our Patreon, I would like to thank Wayne Lloyd-Smith, Caleb Schwint, Julian Saria, Chris Brophy, and Bryce Vanderstelt for being members of our Patreon community. We really do appreciate the support that allows us to talk Marvel even more than we already do on this podcast. So again, for more information on all of our exclusives, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And don't forget to follow us in all the places that you can as I start to wrap up this episode here. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Marvel Studios News. You can follow us there for the watch parties if you're not participating through the Patreon. You can participate in the Instagram live Q&As that I'm going to be doing on March 18th and 19th. Don't forget that Thor Ragnarok watch party on March 20th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. So you can follow us there. You can follow us on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. You can visit the website, marvelstudiosnews.com. And if you would like to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. And don't forget to give our Facebook page a like. That's facebook.com slash Marvel Studios News. And so for Marvel Studios News, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 